Guys, you spoke to Muggsy. How was that, man? Buddy, I was, it was, I'm speechless. I'm speechless that yeah. we had that honor. I'm still, I'm still speechless that you, that we got to talk to Muggsy. Like Muggsy is a, he's a legend. He, he might not think it honestly, but like growing up watching and, and the, you know, age that we got, we are, he was, he wasn't there for a very long time, but he made a huge impact. And I think, I hope he understands that. I don't know if he does, but I really hope he understands. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I was a kid, Jason, you were also a kid, uh, Jay, you were a little bit older, so you might remember a little better, but, um, we, I, I, I think I feel comfortable in saying that we've all seen him play live as a Raptor or like at least on yes. TV. Well, I, I think I've seen, yeah, in, in yeah. some shape or form, you, you remember Muggsy. Cause like, yeah. even if you don't remember too much of that childhood, you remember seeing that there was a difference in this guy and yes, it could be the height differential of course but only because he was shorter doesn't mean that he didn't play less or less hard play he mm -hmm. arguably played with more heart you know because he had to yeah so i think that's what's shown to me i remember I when i was a kid like so many people were like okay i don't have to be tall to get into the nba or like to, to play basketball because yeah. like a lot of people don't think they're going to get into the nba but they're like i could play basketball and here's the thing mm. it's not just guys like i remember my sisters being like oh i'm around the same height as them you know i feel like they've they've grown taller but like around the time that we were watching a play at the uh the formerly known as air canada center um a lot of girls were like, oh my goodness, like, I, you know, they were starting to like not feel so down about playing basketball at 5'3 or at like 5'5'0 five, five, oh, or 5'5. Five, five. Um, I feel like, you know, regardless of who was watching, if you were young and you loved playing basketball and you felt deterred because you weren't tall, you were influenced by this guy if you were a Torontonian. Like, I saw his impact mm -hmm. across the board. So to be able to chat with him was a huge honor. One of the clips that you had played in the introduction truly really stuck out to me. I, I started listening to, you know, what people were saying about him and listening to just the play call. And then it reminded me of some of the YouTube clips I was seeing in preparation for the interview. And I was like, holy mm. crap, man. Like, I know we talk about how short he is and how fast he was and, and whatever. But like, it really was what I think it was. Uh, who said it? One of his teammates. Uh, I want to say Larry Johnson. that did something in his autobiography about like you, the second... Like he, if he's in the vicinity, you'll pick up the ball. Do not dribble. The second that ball, mm -hmm. the, the the distance between it leaving your hand hitting the ground and coming back to your hand, it's swiped. And like seeing mm -hmm. that in YouTube clips, uh, you just forget about how quick he was and also how low he was to the ground. Right. So mm. it was it was a lot of fun. Like if, if that's going to be the first and you know even if it's the only former Raptor we end up talking to, that was by far an amazing experience like i would yeah. i would not trade that for anything yeah no abs absolutely uh so well first of all welcome to that's right podcast a podcast by raptors fans for raptors fans the aforementioned episode we were talking about was the episode uh that we had mugsy bogues the le raptor legend mugsy bogues he was um prom we were promoting his book that's coming out actually i think in four days uh yeah. the it's on tuesday on tuesday there you go so we're recording this on april 8th uh on a friday right before the raptors take on the houston rockets but again i just wanted to emphasize how crazy it is like even after we you you guys um recorded with him i just like i messaged christine i was like i can't believe we had a chance to talk to mugsy books like 
it, it, that's why I just wanted to ask you guys like how how it was. I, I and I apologize I wasn't on the on the actual episode, but being able to listen to it and I could hear the excitements in your voice, and I'm pretty sure that everyone kind of felt it too. So so I'm glad you guys had a lot of fun with that, man. Yeah, and you know we appreciate the amazing intro you put together for that. Like it's it's a lot of work that goes into this and, and you know you kind of put a little extra oomph into it into the questions yeah, you yeah. ask the conversations you have the intro that you create and yeah. you know you get a product like this where it's like you know what i'm going to hang my my hat on that and you know the, mm. the to segue that into the raptor season i think they have a lot of things to hang their hat on because yeah this has been a highly successful season Listen, I don't want to. I don't want to sugarcoat that. Like, I, we definitely have to talk about the Raptors, but I also still want to say that this, my friends, oh yes, is episode number two hundred. Two hundred, exactly. Episode recording is episode two hundred, and I know that you know in a span of three years that that takes a lot of work, a lot of determination. Um, and, you know, if you're not having fun, you're not going to want to do it. So I just want to congratulate us. You know, I, even if no one is listening to this or whomever is listening to this, I appreciate you, all of you, taking the time. You can be doing anything else. You can be walking, listening in your car, or you just took, you, you, you know, thought about actually pressing the button of That's a Red Podcast. And I appreciate each and every one of you listening to episode 200. So congratulate UJ, Dre, for sticking around, man. And you too, Jason, man. I remember you you messaged me and you know, we we jumped on my, my phone and we just started recording. I don't even remember what software we were using. And it was like I just thought this it was, was just Discord, gonna be fun. I think. I think it was Discord. It was Discord, right? <laughs> what a time. I think if we if we go back to our first episode, it's like, I don't know, maybe five minutes before that episode, it was like, Hello, Andreas. My name is Jay. Hello. Uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> Um, let's see if we can yeah. fool the listeners into thinking that we know each other. All right. And or, record. or speaking of yeah. knowledge, like, uh, uh, you know, I was honestly feeling like, you know, somebody who, um, you know, just watches basketball. I've been out of playing it and really scrutinizing it for a while. I was like, let me trick listeners into thinking that I know anything about basketball. And if anything, 200 episodes in, I feel like I know even less. So thank you for sticking around. <laughs> It's funny how that works out, right? This is, right. this is honestly like I, I don't think any of us could have envisioned us taking it this far, and it's, it's been exciting to to witness and grow with you guys, and honestly, mm-hmm. exciting to see where this continues to go. Maybe I mean, we got to speak to Muggsy Bogues. Yeah, just gonna say that, right? We just got to speak to Muggsy Bogues. Like, come Episode one ninety nine. That's pretty good. That that bodes well for yeah. the next two hundred. Who's next? JYD. JYD, if you're listening, junkyard dog. Hey, JYD, Mo Pete. Yeah. Craig, I'll even go far as Vince Carter, Scotty Barnes. I don't care, man. Let's get it. Let's get everybody. Let's try to try to get. I'll do a legends. pasta commercial with Bargnani. I said it. Oh <laughs> my god! I'll, yo, I'll learn. I'll learn Italian for that episode. That'd be fun. That'd legit be fun. Um, episode one hundred, guys. That's crazy. But I feel like that's a big testament to the Raptors, right? Uh, like, let's let's be real. The Raptors have been so good for so long. No one talks about Tampa. Tampa didn't happen. But for so long that it would be hard for us to talk about any other team that, especially if they're not good, right? Like I, I don't, I, you know, shout out to any uh, podcasts out there or beat writers out there that like are covering the the teams that haven't been in the playoffs. And I'll, you know, I'll have to 
kind of pick on the Sacramento Kings, but like that would that <laughs> it, that would suck, right? It would it would be so hard for us to talk about uh, a team that just isn't in the uh, contending at all for for a while, and the fact that we've been in contention since like 2012 is incredible. But actually, so, I feel like we do have to talk about Tampa, and I'll tell you why. What other team okay. would have survived that? and still went on to defy the odds this season when we'd have to go back, but I'm pretty sure I assumed they would barely make the play-in. And here they are locked as a legitimate playoff team, not even play-in. And what other team mm-hmm. would have survived the pandemic season? I can't think of how many others would not have gone into mm-hmm. instant rebuild mode, firing of coaches, mm-hmm. trading of players outside of Kyle Lowry. Like, I mean, like a mass trade. We got through that, and I feel like that's worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, shout out Wong on the on the route show. Will you, of, co- of course, those guys are doing fantastic, fantastic job every single day. But he also mentions that like the last teams that have won, let's say like Golden State, uh, Cleveland, um, uh, Los Angeles, all those teams have struggled right after their championship outside of at least the Golden State Warriors outside of like, you know, the whole uh, KD and all that stuff. But like those teams have struck. Cleveland is finally getting back to its ways. LA, we've 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 seen the the implosion of LA Lakers. Uh, it's it's been pretty tough for those teams, and for us, it's like yeah, we won. That's great. That's phenomenal. The the next year, we were basically out of contention because everyone thought that since Kawhi is gone, that was it. But we bas- we could have made it to the. I feel like if if it wasn't for the bubble, if we didn't have if, if we won that uh, series against Boston, we would have gone to the finals. I I one hundred percent feel that way, and and now it, it's the same thing. Like being out of contention, everyone thinks that we're out of contention because we trade arguably the well not arguably the best Raptor of all time, and everyone's like, well, that's it for them. But look, look at us now, man. Like it's it's incredible how good this Raptors team is this organization, not just the players, the entire organization is so freaking good. And I, it, it's, it's hard to, it, I think it, it shows by the fandom, by the passion of the fans, by the amount of, um, I guess like the spotlight they have in Toronto. Don't get me wrong. It's not all, it's still not all, all around North America yet. I, I think it's changing a little bit, but in Toronto, it's like, they are in neck and neck. I honestly say neck and neck with the Leafs and the Jays when it comes to Toronto sports. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with any of that. I think it's been a remarkable turnaround. You know, it's you're going to see a lot of people trying to, I guess, collect receipts at this time of the year. And, and you know, for those of you that stuck around, I mean, you were mentioning as we hit this, this episode, our 200th episode, and, and talking about those teams that, probably don't have teams to talk about. I mean, you can probably look back at the podcasts that started around the championship season and then tailed off last year, right? Like how, I mean, this is not to throw shade on them, but at the end of the time, it's like it, it kind of last year, as much as we try to forget the Tampa season, it did kind of weed out those bandwagoners that jumped on the championship mm-hmm. season, right? And now they're all trying to jump back on, of course. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is that it's it's amazing how quickly this thing happened, right? And last year, as unfor- unforgettable as it was, it did yield us Scotty Barnes, right? And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we're going to start talking about individuals here, but like, geez, this kid is, th- he's he's 
squashed the myth of the rookie wall. It does not exist with him. In fact, he's leaped it 10 times over because his resume as rookie of the year is even better now since the all-star break. So I'm thoroughly impressed with him, thoroughly impressed with this team. And, you know, the way Mm -hmm. things are shaping out, if the season ends right now today, which, I mean, it it ends on Sunday. We're only a couple days away. But, like, the way the standings are right now is perfect. Like, absolutely perfect for the Raptors in terms of a first-round opponent and a second-round opponent. So we'll we'll dive into that in a bit. But I just want to, you know, further, you know, Agree with what you're saying that I'm very happy with how the Raptors are doing. And oh, what, what do we do this? Yeah, let's skip the let's not skip. Let's reverse the roles because I know that when we're on our schedule, we want to talk about our first round opponents, which we actually won't know uh, until that you know what what happens because the race is so quick. So why don't we switch that a, li- a bit? Let's talk about Barnes and let's talk about Siakam. The most likely scenario, or how you guys think if they will or will not win their respective awards. And I'm talking about Siakam winning a uh, third team, uh, you know, albeit he's playing like a first team right now. But if you think that he will win a third team award and if Barnes will win the rookie of the year, I want to know, try to be un- as, uh, as unbiased as possible because this is a Raptors related show. Uh, but I want to know what you guys think if he, if both of these guys really have a chance of winning their respective awards. Okay, Scotty Barnes is for sure getting nominated for Rookie of the Year. I feel like Siakam getting elected to third, possibly second, but most likely third All-NBA is more likely than Scotty winning. I think it's unfair because there are still some other rookies that are being discussed like uh, like Mobley and Cunningham. I feel like at this point, uh, Scotty, given the track record of the team, here's the thing. It's going to be one or the other, and I'll tell you why. Either we're going to be admitting, because we're not a, a first seed, we are fifth right now. We're going to either be admitting that Siakam helped us get to this level, because we've already admitted that Van Vliet is an all-star. So we're either admitting that Siakam has played at an all-NBA level to get us to this point, or that Scotty played at a phenomenal level and brought us to this point, and he's going to be Rookie of the Year. I don't think they're going to give both, because, we're again, mm. we're not the best in the East. We were a surprisingly great team, but I feel like they're probably going to select one or the other, but that's okay. I feel like they're going to go with Siakam and Barnes isn't going to win, but that's okay because Barnes is going to be possibly an all-star next year. He could be MIP next year. The the sky's the limit with Barnes, so I'm not perturbed. I would say that those two are mutually exclusive. And that I don't think that one will affect the other. That if Barnes ultimately wins Rookie of the Year, that doesn't necessarily preclude the fact that Siakam will also not get All-NBA. And here, here's why. Um, the, the case for, for Siakam has been growing more and more since the All-Star break. And I think it's it's become more apparent now. And, and all this actually, the one thing that is a tying agent in all this is that the Raptors have risen in the standings, right? And mm-hmm. even though the Raptors have obliterated the Vegas win total as they usually do. Um, it's, it's how they've come about that, right? And the fact that it, they are now sitting in fifth in the East and that makes a difference in all this, right? It, it makes a difference specifically for Barnes 
when you look at how the Raptors have performed in the second half, right? That, yes, Cleveland actually has the largest, uh, I believe, year-over-year win total jump from last year. So that obviously works mm. in Barnes' uh, – sorry, Mobley's favor. Right. But also look at how that team has performed defensively since Jarrett Allen has gone down, right? They are a bottom 10 defense. After being a top five defense mm-hmm. all year, the second Jarrett Allen went down, all of a sudden they're bottom 10 defense. I'm yeah. not going to say that's all because of Jarrett Allen not being the team, but like if, if you're trying to make the case that Mobley is this all defense player, that kind of hurts his resume quite a bit. And then, you know, I guess the what what this is happening, what's happening over these last few games is that you're just slowly chipping away at the items that you can that would validate your choosing Mobley as rookie of the year or Siakam to not make all NBA. And and the way they performed in in rising to number five in the East and the way in which Siakam has absolutely taken over while Van Vliet is obviously still hobbled helps, right? And the fact that Barnes has not hit the rookie wall helps. So mm-hmm. I'm in the camp now where A, I think both will get their their flowers, right? I think Barnes has squeaked ahead of Mobley as the rookie of the year favorite. I think that Siakam is going to end up on All-NBA and very likely third. Um, if, if When it comes to thinking about which one I'd be disappointed in if, if they didn't get it, I think I can accept that the rookie of the year award is, is, is like splitting hairs, right? There are those who are are dead set on Mobley is going to win. I don't care what else has happened. I've decided. Or I love what Cade is doing individually. He's going to get the award. I'm not going to be heartbroken if Barnes doesn't get Rookie of the Year. I agree with you, Dre. I think that, you know, there's this is just the beginning, right? Rookie of the Year or not, he's had an outstanding campaign. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he will end up playing more playoff games than either of those two combined. Um, mm. And then when it comes to Siakam, I mean... These, these performances are coming not in garbage time, not against crappy teams. He's performing in the clutch against the Sixers, against the Heat, against the Bulls. Like he mm. is coming up big at the right time in the right setting. So I think they'll both get it. Um, but I'll be more disappointed if Siakam doesn't get all NBA because uh, that's that seems like it's been yeah. written in the stars over the last, specifically last week or so. I think so too. I I want to be as optimistic as you, RJ, that both of them will. Um, I, at the same time, I think I will be the most disappointed if Siakam doesn't get it. However, I don't see it as surprising. The crazy part is, is that Siakam is playing better than his third, than his All NBA career uh, year. Like he's he's outperforming that year that he was voted in as third NBA, third All Time NBA or whatever it was. It's incredible how well Siakam is playing. Like he is, he's making his own teammates in shock and awe at a time where they've seen him play every single day. And that reminds me of someone like Vince Carter, who they see these this these guys every day. They live with them, and to put performances like he did with a triple double yesterday against Joel Embiid, a MVP caliber player. And to put the numbers that he did and be that scorer, to be the facilitator as well with the 12 assists, uh, is it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible to get everybody so involved and so in awe. Now, does that 
give him the merit of getting the third NBA team from everybody else and looking at all, you know, I'm of course I'm doing, I'm in a rabbit hole of looking like predictions and stuff like that. Like that's always, that's never a good idea. It, it doesn't look like he's going to be part of it. And I'm trying to like brace myself almost because I, I honestly think that Sienka might not make it. And when it comes to Scotty, you're right, Jay. I th- I think that there's there's people who are just set in stone of either being Mobley, seeing Cade, and, and don't get me wrong, man. Like I think everybody understands, like Scotty fans, Raptor fans, we all understand that Mobley and Cade specifically are fantastic players. They are incredible players. But I told us uh, with, with Dre when we were on a couple of weeks ago that I think – Scotty deserves it not only because he's uh he's been consistent the entire year but also Cade is playing on a team that needs him to put up 27 and and 10 or whatever it is uh and Mobley is also playing on a team that needs him to be the defender that he is Scotty is playing one to five position one to five accelerating in all those positions and being either the second third or fourth or fifth option at any given day like there's not a rookie normally comes in finds out and feels his way into what his role is and then accelerates into it but for scotty it's like here go play and whatever position that nurse asks him to be either it's you know bring up the ball be the point guard be the facilitator shoot some threes or guard joel and beat and and jokic he's gonna do it and he's gonna do it efficiently so I hope that Scotty gets it. Again, I'm bracing myself. That's all I'm saying. I'm just bracing myself that I, if either of these two don't get their awards, which they should, be, they should, it's not going to be surprising. That's all I'm. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to be pessimistic. I just, I'm just bracing myself. One last thing uh, about the Siakam case, which might actually help, is the fact that it is a position-based award. And it's not just a free-for-all. You do need a certain amount of guards and forwards and whatnot. So can you name X amount of forwards that are doing better than Siakam in the league? I can't think of many, to be honest. Yeah, that's that, would, that's, that is where it gets it – is, it does get dicey, right? Because there will be voters who will think, okay, does they need – I want to find a way to get Embiid and Jokic – into the first team so does that mean i make Jokic a forward mm-hmm. if so then that hurts siakam's case right uh mm-hmm. or is it i can live with Embiid being the second center right so there's yeah it is all up into how the voters decide to to position some players right like if is is derosen even though he was a guard at the all-star game in your mind is he a forward because that's what he's plays like 90% of the time, right? And if he's a forward, again, that's another spot taken away from Siakam because I think that uh, a lot of fans, or sorry, a lot of voters already have it in their head that DeRozan is going to get on here over Siakam. And if he qualifies as a forward in the voters' eyes, then yeah, that's another spot taken away from Siakam. So yeah, definitely something to consider here, right? It's not so much that Siakam has a better season now than he did in his all-NBA third uh, year two years ago. It's How's the competition looking, right? Um, and if, if there are forwards that are going to get it ahead of him, then then so be it, right? So definitely something that I'm going to keep be keeping a close eye on as the season uh, wraps up. 
I I understand. Yeah, I was listening to uh, shoot, who was I think it was Howard Beck on the Raptor show, but he was saying how it's most likely not going to happen. Uh, you know, you guys are talking about how they are going to you know change how this award is being voted for they are going to keep it as guards forward and center and thinking about someone uh they're not there's no way that you can put either Nikola Jokic and or Joel Embiid on the second team both of them deserve to be on the first team but putting either of them as not a center is strange it's very strange to me um but again it it also depends on I think standings too. And the fact that the 76ers are only two games ahead of the Raptors and we don't have, and if Siakam isn't on the third team that we don't have anybody that's on any of the teams uh, is kind of in, you know, that's, that's not right. That's not right. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just preparing myself. That's all it is. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and again, we don't know who we're going to face just yet, but maybe we can talk about our first-round opponent prediction. So let's take a break, come back. We'll talk to you guys soon. from the break but i could tell you somebody or i could tell you a team that won't be the lakers <laughs> <laughs> yo i think that i think that was probably the most fun uh non-laker fans have had on this the outside of their own respective teams like you know winning like for the raptors being in the playoffs watching the lakers implode was probably the most fun for me <laughs> i don't know if that's like sinister but like come on like be having the the roster like that and then being like like the lakers were on prime time every day almost every day they were talked about either they're really really good or really really crap and most of the time it was really really crap and now they're out of the playoffs it, like there's no point of people talking about them now they're out of the playoffs why are they talking about like talk about the trailblazers or something like that you know talk about the pistons in that case because they're out of the playoffs why are you still talking about the lakers anyways <laughs> anyways it is, so it is have a better record oh god welcome back to that's a wrap podcast a podcast by raptors fans for raptors fans this is the in the beginning of this episode we talked about yo we talked to mugsy bogues if you haven't listened to that episode go back uh into the record books and see the last last episode episode 199 today mochi knows mochi knows that today is episode (laughs) 200 200 boys and this is also the episode prior to us knowing who we're facing in the playoffs so like jay said 
Um, the season for the Raptors is just about finished. They we're facing the Houston Rockets tonight. We're recording this on April eighth, a Friday, and then they are wrapping up the season in New York against the Knicks on Sunday, and then the play-in happens, and then the playoffs happen. Like, but at the same time, we don't know who our first opponent is right now as we speak, as we record. The Toronto Raptors are fifth place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I feel like they solidified uh, place number five or, or the fifth seed, while the Bulls, who are in sixth, are two games behind, and we are two games behind of the 76ers. The Raptors uh, may be facing either the 76ers, the Celtics, or the Bucks. Oof. Do you guys, and again, we'll, go, we'll reconvene next week before the, the, the playoffs begin, or during, I don't really know what the schedule is, but we will we will convene before the before the playoffs. Let's just put it that way. Who would you guys like to face in the first round of the playoffs? It's looking very much like it's the Sixers. In fact, that might that this statement might even seem dated by the time we release this episode because everything That's could true. be solidified <laughs> yeah. as early yeah. as as tonight. So the the. First of all, the Raptors are, are essentially locked into the fifth seed, and that's because they are up two games currently on the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls have the tiebreaker, so for the Bulls to overtake the Raptors, they need to win both of their final games, and the Raptors need to lose their final two games. Mm-hmm. And considering, as you mentioned, they're facing the Rockets and the Knicks, those sound like victories to me. Now, I will caution you in saying that, yes, you, you're probably thinking they're both lottery teams, so those should be... They should be trying to lose. I would say yes to the Knicks, but no to the Rockets. Now, here's why. If you remember, the top three picks in the lottery are all received the same odds. So all you really want to do is finish in that Mm. bottom three. Houston has already clinched that. So they are going to finish in the bottom three, regardless of how these last couple games go. So they really are... They're not trying to tank. If they, they lose, it's because they actually do suck. But... They're not trying to lose, is my point. Having said that, I think it's pretty much a lock. The Raptors will finish fifth. When it comes to their opponent, I would say that last night's game against the Sixers essentially locks in the Sixers as the fourth seed, and here's why. The Sixers have two games left. Yes, they're against some teams that suck, and the Pacers and the Pistons, and they very likely could win those games, but... They do not have the tiebreaker on Boston, and they do not have the tiebreaker on Milwaukee. So, taking a look at Boston Hmm. and Milwaukee schedules, Milwaukee has a pair of very winnable games, and Boston has one game left against the Grizzlies, which you would think is going to be difficult, but the Grizzlies have clinched as well. They are locked in to (laughs) the two-spot. They are already resting all of their starters. John Morant resting, Jaron Jackson. They're all resting. So they have zero incentive to play their starters against the Celtics. And the Celtics have something to play for. And that is trying to avoid the fourth seed and having to fly to Toronto and have a couple of their players missing. So mm-hmm. long-winded way of saying it really does look like the answer is Philadelphia. Which... How do you feel about it? Which is exactly what I would want because let's look at it this way: the Bucks are returning champions. Uh, looks like Drew's back, which was a big reason why they might have had some hiccups this season. Um, you know, when he was out, I feel like I feel like the Bucks are going to be frightening. Let's let's ignore them. 
the Celtics, I feel like, would have been an even higher seed had they not had some, you know, some issues at the start of the season. Because they were doing really poorly, if you guys remember. Yeah. And oh, we booed. They got booed off the their home court because of us in the beginning of the season. Yep. And and now that's not the case. Now they're gelling. Like they're one of the best, well gelled teams in the league right now. And I feel like part of that was getting you know used to the coach, uh, getting you know a lot of getting past a lot of injury issues. Whatever it is, I feel like they are better than their record states, and they're third. So that's already frightening. Now, we look at the 76ers. The 76ers are actually doing better than a lot of people prophesied because of the whole Ben Simmons situation. Having said that, the 76ers are the most exploitable of the three teams when it comes to, especially if you have a stronger coach. I feel like we do with Nick Nurse. Sorry to say it, but Mm -hmm. I feel like we do. I feel like if you go to a best of seven, in this series, the 76ers honestly feel like a team that you could figure out in four or less games and really, really, you know, we're kind of like what the Celtics were like. We started off still surprising people because we were doing better than a lot of people thought we would. But we're talking about now, against Scotty Barnes, we're talking about Pascal Siakam. We have improved and we look even better. And I feel like had we not had a few issues, I mean, there's an interesting stat that's going around. Had we gotten better at the foul line, how many games would we have won? Because we lost a couple by like one or two points and our foul shots look like they were to blame. So really, we could have even been better. We could have been even higher than already being fifth. So with that in mind... You know, you look at somebody like Joel Embiid, is he really carrying the team? How much of it is a team effort or is it Joel having a near MVP caliber season? Which if it's him carrying the team, we could actually beat them, honestly. Mm. Tell me tell me this sounds she- familiar. The, the Raptors defeat the Sixers by five <laughs> with Joel Embiid, Harden playing. The Raptors are missing OG and Obi, and they're missing Fred VanVleet. Tell me if you've heard that before, because I'll tell you this. Oh yeah, it's happened twice. It happened huh. mm-hmm. last night, and it happened in mid March. The exact same thing. The Raptors defeating the Sixers by five on both scenarios, and it's it's scary. If you're a Sixers fan, it's scary to think what is this Raptors team going to look like with OG and Obi and with Fred VanVleet. Embiid is supposed to be the kind of guy that. Before the season started, we were afraid of because we don't have a center. And mm-hmm. yet, when you look at Embiid's performances against the Raptors, Nikola Jokic's performances against the Raptors, the two centers who are the most feared in the NBA in terms of their versatility and their unstoppability, they have both underperformed greatly. And I'll even throw in Carl Anthony Towns. Also, those three, all NBA caliber, two of them are MVP caliber. All three of them were shut down by the Raptors, at least slowed down, not necessarily shut down. So there's something to like there. I could go on about why I think the Raptors can can get by the Sixers, but Jason, I think I cut you off. What, what were you going to say? I was just going to say is, well, you know, speaking of what you were saying, isn't it ironic that the biggest question mark for us in the beginning of the season is that we have no center, yet yeah. we face the best against the best centers. It's just interesting how that works, doesn't it? It, it is interesting. Uh, and also, you know, you you look at how how switchable this team is, right? 
Harden has difficulty against the Raptors. There was one play that where he it was late in the game and they needed a bucket and he had Gary Trent on him. And we all know how feisty Gary Trent is. So he asked for the switch. And the switch brought Siakam. He asked for another switch. He got Precious Achua. And he started <laughs> yeah, driving yeah. on Precious Achua and turned the ball over. And that led to the game-sealing dunk by Barnes. So mm. think about what Harden's got to face. And, and we already know he's got struggles in the playoffs. So I, I'm salivating at the thought of facing the Sixers in the first round. I think the same thing. And, and I'm not going to disregard the fact that Embiid is able to put up 40 easily. I'm also not going to disregard that James Harden... Yes, he may be the shell of what he is today as a 76er. However, it's still James Harden. He's still going to be a Hall of Famer. He's still, you know, a 30-point scorer easily. Now, why I think that we have the most advantage when it comes to the, the 76ers is the coaching. I think that Nick Nurse has a, the number on Doc Rivers. I don't think that Doc Rivers... I've never thought... that Again... Doc Rivers is one of the best coaches in history, like from his statistic wise. I don't see it. Honestly, I've never saw it. I always thought that he was a good coach on good teams. Like he was the, co- he was the like coach. He, on he good inherited team. good teams, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've never thought he was a good coach. And of course he's going to be a, 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 a personal good coach for, for players. Yes. But I always thought he was inherited good teams. And I think that he doesn't, the biggest problem when we have with, what we had with Dwayne Casey that he didn't adjust mid game. I don't think Doc Rivers. Same thing for Doc Rivers. He doesn't do anything that will adjust to Nick Nurse's adjustments. Nick Nurse does something on the fly. Like every time that he talks in post game, uh, it was all about how many uh, scenarios he had in his head. He always says, "Oh, there are there were more things we could have thrown at whomever the star player is or whatever scheme he had." He's always thinking about something that would put an advantage for us. And most, if it doesn't work, most likely it's not because of Nick Nurse's schemes. It's because of the effort wasn't there. Once the effort is there, most of the time it's going to work. And this is why the NBA is so in awe because they've never seen something like this. And Nick Nurse is the perfect person to go against somebody who doesn't adjust like Doc Rivers. So I think that we have the upper hand in that. Um, I don't think we have the upper hand in talent uh, because of Joel Embiid and James Harden. However, I do feel like we have a better chance of beating the 76ers in the first round outside of Milwaukee and Boston. Milwaukee is scary, like Dre said. Uh, They have Giannis. They have Drew, they have Middleton, who are, are, they're all buckets. And, you know, yes, we have been, um, in the season, we've been really good against the Bucks, but the playoffs are a different story. I'm, I, I'd be pretty frightened if we were in the, in the seventh seed to face Milwaukee. And with Boston, again, when it comes to the coaching, I think uh, Yudoku is a very good coach. And he has gotten this team to play a certain style that I don't think uh brad stevens ever had with this boston team yes you got jason tatum yes you got Jalen brown who are going to give you 30 a night but it's the backups like the 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 bench the uh the marcus smarts um the the tices of the world that like will play a style that like changes the games and we saw that when when uh boston faced toronto and we barely we barely you know, scraped out a W. So that would be pretty scary. So I would 100% <laughs> I 
I'd love to see the semi That could bite us in the ass, I tell you that. But like, I think what you said, Jay, I'm looking at the playoff picture right now. It it looks this would probably be the not the I you know, I'd say the easiest way to the finals, right? Because as it stands right now, if it was Philly and 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 Toronto, that means that we would face the Miami, either the Miami Heat or the eighth seed, which is going to be one of the play-ins, <laughs> whomever that's going to be. So whoever, whoever would, the, the the Nets knock down, right? So yeah, I, I don't know if you can can yeah. you can you guys hear this? That's me knocking on wood, knocking on wood, mm-hmm. because I want these standings to stay exactly as they are, because this is mm-hmm. perfect from a Raptors mm-hmm. perspective. The, the Sixers being the first-round opponent, the second-round opponent being not Brooklyn and not Boston and not Milwaukee. Yes, please. So, mm-hmm. yes, there is. Mm-hmm. There, you can see here, there is a path here for the Raptors to surprise some folks, not only in the first round, but maybe even in the second round because mm-hmm. Miami Heat are not as solid a number one seed as you would imagine. If you look at the Vegas odds, they are not the favorite to come out of the East. In fact, they're not even the second favorite. So there is there is room here for some excitement if you're a Raptors fan because mm-hmm. there is a path here. The way things are shaking out, and I'm knocking on wood still, I, I want this this bracket to end up like right just here. stay right there. Yeah. Yep. 100%. 100%. Okay. Uh, before we hit the weekly recommends, uh, Dre, I'm going to ask you, man, because right right now the Eastern Conference is still we have no idea what's going to happen. Even with the play in the Nets and Hawks are neck and neck. They're literally tied in the standings. <laughs> uh, but the West Conference are pretty much uh, set in stone, except for maybe the Jazz and the Nuggets. But the play in tournament is where I very, very intrigued because who do you think is going to come out of the play in between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the L.A. Clippers? Remember, <laughs> Patrick Beverly, baby. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> oh, buddy. Okay, that's that's a that's a fair point. Uh see the ooh. LA Clippers have come back are they they have Norman Powell back. They have Paul George back yes. and apparently Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi is seen in practice. I don't think, I don't think he, yeah, I know with like a weird peace sign and throwing Pauls <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> but like, okay. Kawhi is so weird, man. Why would he be seen in practice if they weren't even going to attempt to bring him at this point? I of don't the think season, he's going to play. I don't think he's going to play in the play-in. I think he's going to play in the playoffs if they make it. If if they make it, I mean, God, yeah. uh, uh, that's okay. Okay, this is really tough. The problem is, I do believe that the Timberwolves are a better team, but they're not a consistent mm-hmm. team. I feel like if um, there's minimal playoff experience from from Carl Anthony Towns, which uh, shout out to the referee that called them Cat Williams, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, so uh, I, 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 you know, he's got like minor experience. There's no Jimmy Butler this time around, but we also have. Patrick Beverly, who does have playoff experience. Uh, furthermore, we also have Anthony Edwards, who I don't think gives a crap about playoff experience. Uh, the guy almost scored 50 yesterday. Like the guys, the guy does not care, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Um, you have D'Angelo Russell, who I feel like is finally gelling with this team. <sighs> but 
Paul George is impossible to deny. And I know it's funny to be like, oh, here comes playoff P choking in the playoffs. But when he comes, when he shows up, the guy shows up. We forget very quickly that this guy on the same team as Russell Westbrook was the possible MVP favorite for a little bit a few seasons ago. So when this guy is not the second option and he's like not having to play alongside Kawhi, let's say he's the head honcho, that's a frightening team. So I'm just going to guess Minnesota because it's easier for me to do so, but I wouldn't be surprised. This is very, (laughs) very hard to tell, actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you got Minnesota. What about Clippers? I mean, sorry, what about Pelicans versus Spurs? Because that's set in stone, too. I'm, oof, damn. I mean, the Spurs, I would have said the Pelicans, but the Spurs, outside of the last game they just lost, the Spurs have had a hell of a run. Like, we were all like, oh, my God, is Pop going to get the record? Because this team's not winning a lot. And once he got that record for the most wins in NBA history, which, congratulations, Coach Popovich, um, they mm-hmm. had a hell of a run, didn't they? They lost like two games out of like eight or something. Like they were doing really seven well. Seven of seven to three of the last ten. Yeah, there you go. So they were doing really well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess I'm gonna say just because I want to see it happen, let's go Spurs. Mm. Jay, are you on the same boat? Mm, I'm, I'm gonna pick the Clippers. That's for sure. You know, they got the ex- <laughs> they've got the experience. They've got you know, like Minnesota's really lacking there on the experience side. Uh, the Clippers are their their grit and determination in these games. Like really, really, Teron Lue deserves a lot of credit for keeping yes. that team afloat. Yeah. So I, I think yeah they'll they'll ultimately come out of that seven eight one. Um, but yeah, the Spurs Pal ones is is very interesting, right? Because you've you've got a couple of surprise teams here. Well, I think the Pelicans were kind of expected to be in and around this spot with Zion Williamson. The Spurs this was supposed to be a a rebuild lottery mm-hmm. type of season and due to other teams sucking more they've kind of backed their way and, and I, I i'm not going to discredit like I, I take into account that yes you're right they, they have done well lately but like up until that 10 game stretch that you just referenced jason you wouldn't be surprised if they just decided okay we're we're just gonna tank now like we're we're in the thick of this we can probably get some better a better amount of lottery balls here it's kind of like that spot that the raptors were in last year where it's like should we tank now this is probably a good idea like this is a good time to start tanking luckily for the raptors that came a little bit earlier when the team got hit with covid with san antonio was like we could suck but man those lakers they really are sucking i think we can (laughs) we can uh, i think they're gonna out suck us so uh (laughs) they've kind of stuck around so that's a long-winded way of saying that I'm, I'm a little bit more impressed with the Pelicans' body of work this season, and yeah. I'm a, and as much as it it's as difficult as it is to go against Pop in a playoff setting, especially in a do or die, I'm gonna pick the Pels, and uh, you know that'll be that'll be it for for Pop. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I see it. But if if Pop ultimately ends up winning, then you know I I wouldn't be shocked at, at as well. I love it. I you know what. I think the the play in tournament is is so much more uh, entertaining than we all thought it would be. <laughs> I think that's and, and shout that's out like, speaking of the play in tournament. Shout out to Masai. This is the second year in a yeah. row he said playing play for, for what, what? and he meant it, and mm-hmm. it was yeah. for the opposite reason. So shout out to you, Masai. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred. He's like a realist and also a future. He thinks in the, in the yeah. into the future as well. Um, I we're not going to go into the Eastern Conference yet, just yet, because of how convoluted it is. So, as Jay said, knock on wood. Let's let's hope that it kind of stays as it is. Play in starts April twelfth. Playoffs starts. April 16th. You'll hear from us next week. We'll probably do our annual brackets, right? We'll see who do some brackets. Think is gonna... I love brackets. I love some brackets. Uh, so you'll hear from us. Also, if you uh, listeners make some brackets, I think it's a lot of fun. Show, Let us know who you think or just give us our March Madness kind of practice going on. Uh, and we'll, we'll compare and contrast and see who's going to win this 2022 NBA playoffs. Guys, weekly recommends. I've got, is it cake? I know oh. it's not. Uh, oh, really? I know it's not brand new, or maybe it's new. I don't know. But uh, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. You got, you all got to check out is oh. it cake? And I, I'm saying that not because it's the 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 topic of discussion or the hot topic of the ever expanding Netflix catalog, but I'm I'm having it as my weekly recommend. And I offer this challenge to you. Okay. Okay. See if you can beat my daughter Ella's record. Currently, she's at 11 straight correct guesses on cakes. No. 11. No. And and counting. So her her and my wife are are binging it right now. Uh, They were sick for this past week. So they were up in my bedroom and just chilling there binging is a cake. And... At last check, Ella's at 11 straight correct guesses on the cake. So I challenge you to not only watch it, but see if you can beat my eight-year-old daughter. I've got a question about that because I have seen the whole series. Was this also including the like the the money at the end? Yes. Oh my god, she's, she, she's figured out. Yeah, she's figured out some trick. And sometimes we overthink things as adults. She has some weird reasoning. She'd be like, oh, that bill seemed to be floating uh, with with the fan. So that seems real to me. So let's go with that. Whereas like if it was like, I don't know, uh, some sort of special baking wrapper, it wouldn't have floated in the fan and, or, or in the wind. So I it's see. little things like that. Like it's, it's funny to see it through a child's eyes. But yes, 11. Try to beat that record, folks. Okay, because I got pretty much everything except the the money ones were the hardest. They get a bit those money ones are couple. difficult. Oh my yeah. god! But everything else, because I do follow some cake artists like Natalie Sidesurf on on Instagram. It's like peanuts a comparison. But whoever does those money ones to to win the big bucks, goddamn, those are some experts. Those are hard. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I've lost already because I watched the first episode and, and the first one I already failed. Oh yeah, so same I can't even same here. You. Same here. I already <laughs> failed in that first episode. Oh yeah. man, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. So, is it cake? That's Jay's weekly recommend. Dre, what about you, brother? Okay, so uh, if we're doing things that are not too recent, because uh, the problem is I'm like. Uh, knee deep in miniseries because that's what I'm researching for Films Fatale, which I will uh, shout out in a in a minute, uh, as as people would know by now. Um, it's not a recent show by any stretch, but it's one that I discovered doing my research for Films Fatale that I have just not forgotten, and I feel like it's timeless, so it just does not matter. Have either of you ever watched Nathan for You with Nathan Fielder? 
No. Mm-mm. No. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. So Nathan Fielder, uh, Canada represent. Um, he so it's like kind of a reality show, but also not in ways. He goes to failing businesses that tries to come up with ways to get them to to you know lift off the ground. But his his uh, his ideas are always very very absurd. So like mm-hmm. it's like a car wash, and these are real people. And he actually goes through with these plans. Let's say for instance, and this is a real example: there's a car wash, and nobody's coming to this guy's car wash. He'll have it so he rents these birds to to shit on cars, so they they have no choice but to go to the car wash. <laughs> <laughs> there's something like that in every episode and the, the the extents that he goes through are insane so first off it's so hilarious borderline uh, metaphysical commentary on the extent that people go through to to try and achieve the american dream either as entrepreneurs or as customers like what can i get at a good deal does it involve me almost getting killed by an alligator which that's not an exaggeration um so (laughs) it's like the craziest ideas and it makes it it makes me laugh so hard but and i won't spoil anything the finale episode because it's over now the finale episode is completely unexpected and rewrites everything that you've seen before and um i can't recommend it enough it's one of the best shows of the 2010s so nathan for you very interesting i got a good salesperson yeah, Nathan seriously. Would be you know proud. what I love about <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about Weekly Lakers, man. It's it's we could bring up up past shows that we really really love, and and especially for ones that we have no idea, right? So it's like re firing up that love for a show like mm-hmm. you have dre so uh i have a weekly recommend uh i don't know if you guys have watched it but i know that raptors twitter is all about it too is the formula one yes uh, drive for your life drive like to that. survive drive to your survive thank mm. you season yes. two oh my god i i i'm not a formula one person i've i've never been but the show is incredible and every time I try to pitch it to somebody uh, who doesn't watch it, um, I'm always just like, yes, there's racing, but it's mostly all everything else that ha- doesn't have to do with racing, like the politics behind it. It's like it's like open gym shit kind of? behind it. Kind you know like what I think it is? It's, it's Last Dance. It's Last Dance mm. uh, Formula One. That's what it is. It's incredible. Like, I don't, I, I don't know how they make it so compelling because these these. It, uh, it's so good it's just so good if you haven't watched it um i know that there's three or four seasons right now and they just finished their last one uh which is last year's uh season oh so what a season I, yeah oh yeah yeah exactly so we won't we won't spoil it what happens in the end but like that was an incredible incredible ending so formula one was it j Dra- drive, drive to, to survive? survive oh that's on my uh, list I, that's definitely on my list in friggin credible okay there you have it that's another episode of the books episode 200 boys oh my gosh two let's stacks. make it let's make it another two stacks man let's do that all right uh dre where can i find you brother you can find me on instagram at i am left e-y-e-a-m-l-e-f-t and you can follow my film editorial and review website films fatale f-i-l-m-s-f-a-t-a-l-e.com no spaces by the time that this episode comes out, my top 100 narrative TV series of all time, so sitcoms, dramas, and everything in between, as long as they tell a story, has been released. 
Furthermore, I've done a deep dive in my Perfect Reception series on what I crowned the number one show of all time. That's David Simon's HBO magnum opus, The Wire. So please check that out and see why I think it's the greatest series of all time. Furthermore, I'm on another podcast as well called The K-Cut, where we discuss movies and stuff. You should check it out. Jay, what about you? Uh, you can find my work on Raptors HQ, which sadly, a large portion of it has come to an end. My weekly wrap-up, mm, wrap the last one came up on Monday, talking about the games of the week, and there are no more games, no more regular season games to talk about. So I just want to steal this opportunity and thank anyone who's ever clicked the link, read a single word, and rode with me throughout another season of late Sunday nights, early Monday mornings, writing that thing. And uh, yeah, if you ever get a chance to read it, I thank you. And yeah, that's that's all I'm really going to plug here. Love it. Uh, and you can find all of us on That's Rap Pod. You can find my work here uh, at the That's Rap Podcast on Raptors HQ and also my work on the Marketer's Journey as well as Mission Critical by Bay Street. Again, play-in tournament happened on the 12th and the playoffs happen on the 16th. Until then, that's a wrap.